the Carolina Panthers play on Monday night against the New Orleans Saints, which is usually seen as an opportunity to showcase your team uh, to the world, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to be in prime time. You're going to be usually the only game being played uh, for this week. There's two Monday night football games, uh, but it's, it's more than that for the Panthers. What it is for the Panthers is a long week, an extra day between week one and week two. Uh, and we talked about this earlier today in that uh, for different teams in the NFL, an extra day between games is, means different things. If you are a veteran established contender where your coaches know, even if you had a rough week one, like the veterans will get it together, right? You can trust them. It won't be like this for long. Then, you know, after Sunday's game, you get in the post game locker room, the coach says, we'll see you on Wednesday. What that means is you don't have to come to the facilities on Tuesday, spend time with your family, enjoy, go out, right? Have a good time, relax, put your feet up. <laughs> yeah. The Panthers, it might be, I want you in early on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. It might be like, I want everybody in early on Tuesday. And if you're not also here tomorrow on your own time, watching film uh, and, and figuring out what the heck went wrong in that one, I'll be a little disappointed. The, their extra day is one that they can use to get stuff done. Um, not the least of which is injury replacement. And it, it could get worse even from here. Uh, the injury report for today for the, the Panthers practice had Moten, their starting right tackle. It had DJ Chark, their big play wide receiver who has yet to play this year, uh, sat out week one with, with an injury. And JC Horn, uh, their best cornerback who has since been put on IR and they're hoping to get him back at some point in the second part of the season, second half of the season. I was joking with Dennis, but if, if, uh, I don't know, beginning of the year, you said barring quarterback, right? Take Bryce young off the table. Yeah. If, if there were three positions that the Panthers could not afford to deal with injuries, I may have said offensive tackle corner, and big play wide receiver. <laughs> yep. And 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 now Moten, you know, could be just be veteran, right? Getting rest days, and he's a little banged up that he's going to play. Yeah, listen, uh, bicep. Uh, which is kind of important for an offensive lineman. Yes, yeah, at least. Uh, they need to hold. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> need to be able to grab and bear hug. Uh, but but J C Horn being out that hurts. And and D J Chark, I know he hasn't been in there yet, but it's almost like his absence has proven how valuable he is. Right, it's it's. I don't know why this is always the example that pops into my brain. Um, I, I remember, gosh, one of the first Heisman Trophy watch like uh, races that I remember following closely was uh, Michael Vick's second year as a starter at Virginia Tech. Okay. And right, the first year he bursts onto the scene, he's Michael Vick, and ooh, he's on every Sports Illustrated, all that kind of stuff. The second year, he ended up getting hurt a couple games, and that kind of eliminated him from the Heisman race. And I remember the argument being. Do you see how much worse the team is when he's not out there? Yeah. That is the argument that he should win the Heisman, right? When he's out there, they look great. When he's not out there, they look terrible. That's a proof of his value, mm -hmm. right? So I'm kind of looking at DJ Chark that way a little bit, going their first game, the Panthers' first game, they did not have an explosive bone in their offense's body. Nope. Uh, now, do we know that it's going to be different when DJ Chark shows up? We don't, but I want to see. I, I want to. I want to see if maybe the reason why they look so inexplosive 
was because they planned on having DJ Chark be the spark. Uh, no, no rhyme intended. And, and he just wasn't there, right? They may have said, look, Hey, we assembled this team. They're off season moves, bringing in Thielen, bringing in Hurst, bringing in Chark, bringing in Miles Sanders, uh, drafting Bryce Young, drafting Jonathan Mingo. That's like an entire new uh, skill position group. They may have said Thielen is going to be the possession receiver. Hayden Hurst is going to be the check down over the middle. Miles Sanders is going to be working things out of the backfield. Jonathan Mingo is going to be learning as best he can. And DJ Chark is going to be the big play threat, right? They, they, that, that was the role. And then when DJ Chark is not there, everything else crumbles, right? Yeah. Because now it's, all right, well, do you think you can be the big play threat, Adam Thielen? And he's going, I don't know. Uh, okay, do you think you can be the possession receiver, Hayden Hurst? Yeah, probably. Do you think, like, it's it's everyone's kind of outside of, of their, their role. So this week, it's a long week for the Panthers. Probably feels like three weeks for the Panthers. Take that extra day. Get your offensive line figured out. Get your injury replacements figured out. Get your explosives figured out. And then with whatever time you have left, rest up a little bit because it's a long NFL season. Uh, with, with, with whatever time you have left, uh, go ahead and, and get that figured out. That's number five on the starting five. Let's get to number four. We are the four horsemen. Woo! NC State is welcoming Virginia Military Institute to Carter-Finley Stadium this weekend. The cadets. Cadet, key debts, right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, now that we've established uh, who they're welcoming to town, that probably isn't one that, right, when you get your season tickets, if you're a season ticket holder, you circled and said, oh, oh yeah, BMI coming to town. Mark this one, guys. Uh, let, let's call up the out-of-town friends and make sure they're coming in for the VMI game. Woo! Probably not what you did. However, the sizzle of the game and the importance of the game aren't lined up because I actually think this game is very important. Uh, it's it's what we described earlier as a get right game. There are things that you've struggled with, NC State, on offense, that you will get to see be successful for the first time this week. If 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 the matchup is what it should be, right? You should have. Speaking of explosive plays, explosive plays for the first time this year. You should be able to move the ball first downs, move the chains consistently on the ground for the first time this year. You should be able to have a passing game uh, with volume, right? And I'm talking about where Brennan Armstrong's making a lot of good decisions and the wide receivers are making a lot of catches and not dropping them. Like, for the first time this year, you should get to see what that looks like. I know you won against UConn, but it didn't look the way you wanted your offense to look. There was a lot of Brennan Armstrong dropping back, going, ah, and then running. Granted, it was effective, and he ran for almost 100 yards and a couple touchdowns, and you won the game. But it's still, you haven't seen the offense play up to your potential. Uh, partially because of the opponent, you're going to get the opportunity to see that this, this week. That's why I call it a get-right game. Now you know what it looks like. It's easier to do. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll equate it to, to weightlifting. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this is from somebody that never got extremely strong in the weight room. But like the first time, let, let's just pick a, a round number, right? Uh, three plates, 315. Yeah. Okay. Three plates on the end of the bar, 345 pound plates. The full thing weighs 315 pounds. 
the first time, say you bench 315, it takes you forever to get there. Mm -hmm. It feels like you're benching 300 easy and 315 is the hardest thing in the world. It, and, and, and then say you get 315, okay? Maybe you get 325, right? Now you're a big, strong guy. Take a couple, maybe you have an injury. Take a couple months off, drop back down to 275. It's so much easier to get back up to 315 yeah. than it was to originally get to 315. And it's like, because you've seen it, because you know you can do it, because your body has felt it before and it can go back. I think success on the football field in a lot of ways is similar to that. Once you do it once, even if you have, you know, other obstacles or an injury here, it's easier to do it again simply because you've seen it, you know you can, you've, you've watched it happen. Part of the problem, I thought UConn was a really, really good opening match for, for State for a lot of reasons, but one of them was I thought you'd be able to manufacture that success. They weren't a pushover by any stretch, but I thought they'd be able to see what the offense and see what the defense should look like when operating at a high level. The defense got to see that, particularly after the, the, the first drive and, and the long touchdown run, but the offense still didn't really get to see what they were going to look like at the, at the highest level. So uh, VMI might have to be used for that. Instead of a tune-up game to start, you get a get-right game in week three, and, and it's quite important for the, uh, the Wolfpack to get it done. Let's get to number three. One, two, three. We are, what were we, two days less? Two days under two weeks? So whatever that is, almost About a week. week and a half. Week and a half, we'll call it a week and a half, to the first preseason game for the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, September 26th. We are less, days. less than a month to the first regular season game for the Carolina Hurricanes. October 11th. We'll be there. We will. And, and that means the players on the Carolina Hurricanes are kind of having their last hurrahs of the offseason. <laughs> we talked with Jalen Chatfield yesterday. He actually joined us in studio. You can find that uh, everywhere. Podcasts can be found on the, the Best of the Drive podcast, uh, the Drive with Tim Donnelly podcast. You can also find it on our YouTube page, 99.9 The Fan YouTube. Subscribe while you're there. Uh, but he mentioned how they did their, uh, their conditioning test yesterday morning, right? They, they did their bike test, and Chatfield was, you know, rightfully saying it was hard, but, you know, got through it, and you've been working all offseason for it. I love to think of the timeline that we learned about later, which is uh, they took their time. Like, again, according to Chatfield, they did their bike test, one of their uh, conditioning tests coming out of the offseason yesterday morning, mm -hmm. yesterday night. Jordan Martinook, along with a few teammates, took in the Nickelback concert, which there was played go. locally. And not only did they take it in, uh, but Party Marty got up on stage. Yeah. Uh, and decided to uh, to warm up the old vocals. This is Jordan Martinuk on stage with Nickelback. Party Martin. Definitely wasn't Party Martin. At one point, Nickelback bails out and lets him take over. So I want to hit that point. That's it right there. All right, Graham, you can take it back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, that's, I, I hope Marty's listening and he's just like, wait a second. One of the things with karaoke is it lives like what happens in the room stays in the room, right? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but now when you're you on, do in front of thousands of people. When you're on stage with, with Nickelback, 
uh, and you're going that aggressively, I think you're aware that it might end up on YouTube somewhere or on a radio show somewhere. Uh, good for Marty, though. Good for Marty, and also I think that's a – it's nice to have that bookend to your offseason, mm-hmm. right? Like go out with a bang, and now, you know, uh, one of my coaches used to describe it as going into the submarine. When when the, the season starts, you go into submarine, right? You cut off contact, and, and you're, you're all in and focused. But it's nice to have that one big old memory, right? Right before you, you go into the submarine of the season. Uh, like getting on stage with Nickelback and singing Rockstar. Singing about how you wanted to have a bathroom so big you could play baseball in it. <laughs> or hockey. Uh, or hockey. Or, hey, I guess that would be a, a bathtub. You could ice over and play, high, play ice hockey. That's in. right. Uh, that, yeah, I, I don't know. We're, we're now... Uh, changing the, the the lyrics to a Nickelback song to more appropriately apply to Jordan Martinuk ahead of the Kane season. Hey, uh, Marty Party. What it, it, has there ever been a sign that we need hockey to start more than that conversation we just had? Uh, by the way, again, check out the Jalen Chatfield interview if you want more of the in-depth Canes uh, talk going into the season. Uh, for the, the moment right here on a Friday, we're just getting Party Marty on stage. Uh, practice starts the 21st. For the Kings at PNC Arena. Less than a week. Yeah, Thursday next week. Less than a week. Let's get to number two. Just the two of us. Minnesota, Big Ten school, big and, and, and physical, visiting number 20, North Carolina. Uh, I've said this, and I'm going to stick by it. Okay. The Carolina football team, the football team, has to turn the page on the Tez Walker situation. They've got to move on. Leave whatever else you can do to lawyers, to administrators, to people that are not in your locker room on Saturdays because you have to start focusing on the on-field product and then, quite frankly, stop getting bogged down in your your emotions and your your sorrow for your your teammate. I understand why you want to harp on it. I understand why you don't want to give it up, but you got to. You have to. You need to. Mac Brown was on the Ryan Rosillo podcast. Mac Brown, the head coach of the Tar Heels, didn't sound like they're going to give it up anytime soon. Ryan, I felt like I had to defend the young man because I thought he was wrong. And and uh, our university looked at it hard. We're, we're not against what's happening with the transfer portal. We don't think people should be able to transfer twice. His situation was different, and we wanted common sense uh, in, in the waiver. And, and we didn't get that. And, and that was the disappointing thing. And I felt like for him, everybody's talking about me calling out the NCAA. I really felt like I was taking up for him because he's a, a young man that was a top 50 pro prospect. Now he doesn't get to go to the NFL. He's a guy who would have been able to um, really help himself in the NIL market. Now he really doesn't have a chance to do that. So uh, talking about damages, his life has completely changed. His life has completely changed. I got to stand up for him. Yes, you did. You've done what you can do. I don't think there's anything left you can do. Somebody on, on Twitter reached out to me. And by the way, you can follow uh, me at Donnelly Sports, D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y-S-P-O-R-T-S. Or you can follow the station at 99.9 The Fan. Uh, reached out on Twitter and and brought up what I think is, is close to a good comparison or close to a good kind of uh, uh, kind of look at two different situations. Um, 
they said <laughs> the NCAA just gave North Carolina their common enemy, their us against the world enemy, and the fan base and the team is going to rise up to win despite what the NCAA is, is, is doing to them. And then said that uh, Deion Sanders on the other side kind of focusing on this Jay Norvell stuff needs to focus on his team and stop worrying about the outside and focus on getting better. I think it's reverse, and here's why. Carolina's complaining. They're, why don't they do this? The NCAA should do this. Dion and, and Colorado is not saying Jay Norvell shouldn't have said what he said. They're not saying wine, woe is me. They're saying he made it personal. And, and we are going to destroy him because being mad at an opponent is different than whining about the NCAA. Yeah. You, if I thought, by the way, if I thought North Carolina could win this argument with the NCAA, if I thought there was a chance that, that Tez Walker would play this year, I would not be telling them to move on. I'd be telling them to do the thing that I think might bring them back. Yeah. Uh, the problem is their lawyers got together with the board of trustees. They had outside counsel hired. Mac Brown was in, in the conversation earlier this week. They had a meeting and nothing came of it. Nothing changed. Nothing happened. It all just kind of uh, fizzled, right? They, they came out of it saying, we're going to continue to weigh our options to do what's best for the player. I don't think there's anything UNC can do to get Tez Walker back. I do think there's something Colorado can do to get back at Colorado State. And I think you know what that is. Win by 100. Yeah. Which they might do. Shador Sanders might put up quite a few stats. And to clarify, when we say, like, moving on, we're saying, like, don't move on from Tez Walker. Move on from the situation. Like, you still got to keep him involved in your program, make sure that yes. he's okay. But you as a team got to move forward. It's, it's To me, I look at it like an injury. Right? Yes. Like, someone goes down with an injury. Like, for example, British, Bro British Brooks last year missed, missed the season because of injury. Okay. Next guy up, right? Yep. Okay, as so we saw Omari and Hampton or Caleb Hood, some of these guys. Even British Brooks missed last game because of injury. Omari and Hampton stepped a up. Hampton stepped up. So, to me, you treat it no differently. The game still has to be played. And I guarantee you, there are a lot of teams and people out there that feel bad for Tez Walker as an individual. I do. I do. We I, do. Me, one of them. 100% with you. I feel terrible for that kid. But no one on Saturday at when the game kicks off. Your opponent does not. <laughs> they're not going to feel sorry for you as a team because guess what? They're dealing with either an ineligibility or, or something hey, going on with the guy getting hurt. You know what? I understand it, that was an incomplete yeah. pass, but Tez Walker would have caught it, so we'll give you the first down. Exactly. No one's going to do it's that. It's not going to happen. you so got to focus and play. you got to focus you, on the guys that will be in pads on Saturday. Carolina has a legit chance of being in the ACC championship game. Legit shot. More than a legit shot. Like yeah. some, some would say they're uh, amongst the two or three favorites. Exactly. They, they That's are what I amongst mean. the two or three favorites. Especially after the way Clemson has looked so yep. far this season. They have a legit chance. You have to capitalize on this opportunity. You said it's your last shot with Drake May. Mm -hmm. Likely. Yeah, likely last shot with Unless Drake Unless you May. really step up your name, image, and likeness game. I'm jogging a lot. Speaking of... <laughs> North Carolina quarterbacks that uh, after three years go to the NFL. Uh, mm -hmm. Sam Howell's playing Denver, and that's number one. The one! Sam Howell, Denver, against the Broncos, mm -hmm. and Russell Wilson. Yes. A Carolina-NC State matchup. Sure. Some, some would claim. Some would. <laughs> some would not. Uh, for me, focusing on the Sam Howell side of it, um, this is – your first NFL game. 
I know it's your third NFL start. Yeah. This is your first NFL game. Last year, uh, your season was essentially over. Um, you, you got a spot start. You did well against the, the Dallas Cowboys, but it, it's not the same as playing a, a meaningful early season NFL game. And Dallas was resting a bunch of guys too. True. Uh, your week one game is a early meaningful NFL game, but you're playing against a team who uh, maybe isn't resting a bunch of guys, but if they could, they would <laughs> like, if they could sit down their best players to make sure they lose games, I'm not confident Arizona wouldn't do it. Hey, Buda Baker, have a night off. Buda Baker, chill. Hey, Mark, Marquise Hollywood Brown. If you catch too many passes, you're going to sit down too. Um, like those, those are, uh, 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 oh gosh, I'm blanking on his name. Um, James that's gonna Conner. crush me. Oh, James Conner. Yeah. yeah, we'll pretend I was thinking of James sure. Conner. I was thinking of an offensive lineman, but James Conner. If you run for too many yards, you're sitting down. Uh, so it's it's just now Sam Howell is going up against a team, Denver, who lost Week One, but is desperate not to go zero and two. Sean Payton is a guy that showed up expecting to change everything the moment he walked in the door. Uh, Russell Wilson is someone desperate to say last year was a fluke. Um, there's there's a lot of of pressure on the Denver Broncos to win, and they are going to scrap and claw like a, a cornered animal to win this game. And guess what? Most games you play in the NFL, that's the type of competition you're going to face, right? These These are adults whose job is to win football games, and they are highly compensated to do so. And for the first time, really, I think Sam Howell in his third start is going up against a team where everyone in the building is motivated at best to win, right? I, I, the number one motivation for the Cowboys last year was to stay healthy mm -hmm. uh, because it was at the end of the season and they had a, a lot more to play for later on. Uh, the motivation for Arizona, you could argue this year, is to make sure they have the number one and number two picks. Uh, so they'll be losing quite a bit. The Broncos have no such motivations. Their motivations are to win. So Sam, Sam Howell, just know this is your welcome to the NFL moment. Yep.